Between Everything Podcast, episode number three. Back at it for the third week in a row. <laughs> oh, snap. But, yeah, two ignorant fellas are back at it with a little bit of more internet for you. So, I hope you're ready. Oh, God. Don't you just love it? <laughs> yeah, dude, I ain't done shit all week. I've been kind of, not really lazy, it's been kind of busy, but... Still a lot of I shit. Got got a lot of shit to talk about. <clears throat> so, oh, the bridge. I'm on. We're on phase three. We're about to finish. So we're on the other side of the uh, the Connecticut River now. So, ha! Nice. What? Are, well, any well, more uh, granite drilling lately? No, actually. Now it's simply just removing uh, inch thick steel. <laughs> Hundred year old steel, hundred plus year old steel. How high are you above the river? Uh, s- some parts. Well, when you're standing straight over it, the the height's seventy eight feet. Nice. It was eighty feet, but it's it's squatted over the years. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Damn. I mean, are y'all just way, like refurbishing the whole? They're redoing it, or? Well, it's an old school Carnegie train bridge it's uh pretty much built with x bracing and what we're doing is we're pretty much gutting out the inside uh it's old school like i said x bracing big x beams going in right. down the center but we're removing those and putting one central like control beam through the center of it and right it's more efficient the steel today is a lot different from the steel then but you know that's that old school bad still then though <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude, when you're out there and you see that there's, oh, yeah, all the rivets, there's like hundreds of thousands of rivets on this bridge, and every single one was thrown in by a man. Like, not a machine, not a (laughs) gun, nope, a dude and a fucking hammer, yeah. (laughs) Because it's, uh, the bridge that I'm on, it's, it's like, I I can't remember the exact number, but it's, uh, it was one of Carnegie's first 50 bridges. It was in the top 50. It was one of the first 50 oh, bridges yeah. he, like, he was, his company was uh, contracted to make. Or his steel was sent to make. It's all Carnegie Steel. I forget the actual name of the company that built it, but it's all Carnegie Steel. Sweet. Anyway, off subject. Sorry. No, little that's cool. info on what I, I mean, do. Hell, granite work, steel work. Which we're going to come oh, back yeah. to your granite involvement whenever we get into a lot of the ancient megalith cuts and shit like mm. that. Just because I know you've worked Most hands on hand in hand with granite and the machinery yes. that you have to use to get just the smallest amount of work done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nice. Oh, yeah. We'll get we will, into I, that. I can't wait. <clears throat> but... Anyways, I guess we'll go to the Earthquake of the Week to get it started for us. Ooh, where's this one coming from, Scott? um, This week, it was in uh, Papua New Guinea. Once again, I think our first earthquake that we went over was Papua New Guinea. Um, Uh, I I know the second one was. Or no, yeah, the first one was. It was a six point... Six point something. It was a 6.2 or a 6, 6.6 was the earthquake of the week. And then we had like a 6.2. That was a smaller one. This week we had a 7.0. And it came on Friday, July 17th, 2020 at 2.50 p.m. Whoa. Yeah, 7.0. So, I mean, they're just getting bigger. That's the biggest Holy one. Holy shit. That's in, a month. Like the past yeah. month or so, I would say, at least. That's a big boy. And, um, holy shit, I started like looking at the megaton equivalency, like atomic bombs and shit like that. And, uh, it's estimated energy release was 29.8 atomic bombs. I don't know which atomic bomb, but I'm, I'm going to assume they're going to, they're going to go off the first one, which if I'm not uh, mistaken, that was a hundred megatons. Yeah. A hundred, <clears throat> And then uh, the nearest volcano is Karanga, 129 kilometers away. And this primary data source was from USGS. Nice. Nice. So was there, was the seismic activity 
correlated with the volcano per chance or was no it just it's just part of the data separate okay i just throw it in <clears throat> well because you never know i mean that the the seismic activity could i mean luckily it was a, it was a deep earthquake the shallow oh, ones okay. are the ones that you have to worry about because they're the ones that just completely shake the but, shit out of everything yeah. this was 79 uh, kilometers deep which is pretty deep like if you get like a 10 get 10 kilometer or whatever that's really the ones that destroy yeah but, they're, they're yeah. the ones that are picked up there was no damage or no casualties reported on this either so I don't know, it was a also good good study quake so hmm. yeah alright Right on. Um, well, that's cool. What about the uh, what about the nearest object? What flew closest by yeah, us today's so or this week? The near Earth object of the week was 2020 NM. It's closest known oh. closest known object to fly by this week, and it made its closest approach on July 16th, 6:06 a.m. It missed by 10.5 lunar distances. And its relative speed to Earth was 20,611 kilometers per hour. Wow. Hauling ass. That's all you gotta say. Yeah. <clears throat> Peace. <laughs> Earnhardt would be proud. Yeah. But it has a, uh, <clears throat> it's weird because they don't, they didn't even spot it till July 11th. Like. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, every day is another asteroid that's added to the NEO database. But yeah, this wasn't even spotted until July 11th. And it was 34 meters. But it's, uh, apparently it has a periodicity that's 1.2 Earth years, so 443 days compared to the 365 day orbital period. <sighs> but it's on a more like elliptical pattern compared to Earth, so I don't know. I really don't know how right on. Like, how often they kind of like the alleged Planet X. Yeah, alleged. I say alleged. I say Dude, alleged. I, was, I seriously, I don't know what I was on some group the other day, and they have a video of NASA, and it said the title of the thing was. NASA confirms Nibiru coming 2020. Now, I watched this 25-minute long video just to see, and they literally <coughs> said, literally, there will not be a Nibiru. And then, I don't know how the fuck they got Nibiru's coming out of there will not be a Nibiru. But, yeah. It's clickbait. It's pretty funny. Gotta watch that shit nowadays. You just have to watch it just to see, like, where they're... Getting the complete opposite idea from. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, there there is. If I'm not mistaken, NASA did confirm there's there's an object out there now. Whether it, I mean, it's a planet. Yeah, but we don't know. Yeah, if it's, it's like theorized. Planet sized, like a brown dwarf, or like. I don't know, because I mean, there's yeah. like a dozen or more, probably way more, like Pluto's out there. You know, I mean, what's your definition of a planet? To you, exactly. or whoever's saying fucking whatever Nibiru is, it's hard to say, like, because we just don't know. But I have heard of like a brown dwarf size object, like a bigger, a little bit bigger than Jupiter, like possibly a failed star that, like, mm. we might be in a binary star it's system that just isn't like a star that isn't ignited, or it's like went out. If you want to get into like electrical, <laughs> electrical sun shit. <laughs> But, yeah, true. Because, <clears throat> I mean, there's theories of, uh, well, hypotheses, whatever, that, like, stars are just, like, electrical <coughs> phenomena. They can turn on and off and vary in brightness, and just depending on, like, where they're at in their galaxy or their filament in the universe. Oh, wow. Like, depending now, on, is like, there any, electromagnetic like... charge of that point in space where they're at, you know? All right. Now, is the so so wait, do they have any evidence of this? Like, I mean, I can, do stars fluctuate? I mean, yeah. I mean, just recently, Beetlejuice, they they thought it was going to fucking go supernova because its light intensity kept dimming and brightening and dimming, 
or dimming and all that. And, uh, and then it just came back. I mean, it went back. And then they tried blaming it on dust that was might have been going around like it's elliptic. You know, like the dust discs that are around like um, solar systems and shit. They tried yeah. blaming it on that. But Or Kuiper yeah. Belt. Yeah. Or like, well, each star kind of has like a dust disc around it, you know, and there might be like heavier patches in certain areas and that could have just been its time to where it's came around. True. But I mean, even we're either way, even like, but our star even has solar minimums and maximums right now. We're in the deep solar minimum. So, I mean, they do fluctuate oh. in energy and light output. I think that's cool. So honestly, like we, we really like, uh, I hate getting into subjects like this. So we're going to briefly touch it just to, just to iterate. Yeah, like, just, we, really just, we are speculating and we do not know shit about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. But, but holy shit, yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, the theories that I've looked into, it, it straight up says like, you got to think about it. The the strongest force, both beginning and end, that we know of, that we have physical evidence of, um, exists through a star, aka the black hole, which literally sucks in everything around it, including light. Okay, and then you have the the sun itself, which is you know, almost single-handedly birthed our solar system, perchance. You know, we, our planet just yeah. had to be in the Goldilocks zone and such and such and sunlight, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So if we really think about it, there's more to a star than I think that, that, we, that we know of. Yeah. So who knows? They could be sentient. I mean, just it could just be little nodes in a giant brain that is the universe correct just be like neurons every point of energy is another neuron in the brain of the universe fucking men in black dude (laughs) playing marbles (laughs) yep exactly all right that'd be shit though so oh now that we're on all that space shit still i wanted to add another segment that i want to go over every week and it's the fireball of the week which, I mean, there's about a fireball every day. And depending on what meteor stream we're in, we get more. But <clears throat> there's so many. I just had to go on, like, the most viewed, like, the most reported sites. And it was Fireball 3478-2020. And uh, it entered the atmosphere over Texas, burned up on July 18th, 7.03 Universal Time. It was reported by th- more than 39 witnesses and when, was heard by at least four that reported it. It entered Ooh. over El Bonito, Mexico and headed northwest and burned out over Seminole, Texas. Nice. And I'm going to put up pictures, but you can see the uh, trajectory and where everybody was that reported seeing it. And like whenever you see a fireball, however many people have seen one, I seen one last year that blew my fucking mind. It streaked all the way across the whole sky like completely from horizon to horizon but they're fucking crazy and it looks like they're right overhead but they're like probably 30 or 40 miles up like fucking burning ass through the atmosphere and it's just silent (laughs) like you can't like unless you get like a nice air burst you can't really it's just like a ripping through the atmosphere but you can't hear shit Right. Well, because I mean, I'm sure if it if it somehow like broke the sound barrier in atmosphere, you would hear it. But since it's already traveling that fast coming into the atmosphere, if you're not, you know, able to hear it break the init, you know, initially break into the atmosphere, you're not going to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of has to break. A, It'll know. sizzle. Yeah. But it's crack. Cool. It's cool. Epic. But yeah, so that was that one of the week. 39 witnesses over what looks to be, like, a fucking 800-mile, like, journey. And only that many people seen it. And that was the most viewed one. Or at least the most reported. Because this is only, like, I'm sure, like, a lot more people seen it. But that's just the reports. Right. Some people are like, I didn't see that. Or some people are like, whoa, that's cool. Whoa. <laughs> Just don't ever talk about it again. Mm-hmm. 
though. That's knows, it for man. the uh, yeah. geological and space news for the week. We got like quite a few little nice. segments you want to go over. News you want to get into? I'll let you start. No. Or, take off with it. Don't take it off. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip it off oh, right yeah. now. Mm. Okay. So. This week, uh, scientists actually found evidence suggesting people once lived in an area that is now buried 20 feet below the Gulf of Mexico. So, this discovery comes after wood turned up in core samples taken nine miles off the coast of Port Arthur, Texas. So, it's pretty wild Damn, stuff. Think, now, like, if you just stand on the beach and then look out 10 miles, you can't even really see that far. <laughs> And right, people were out there. Well, I mean, we—that's just it. People were that far out. Like, kind of brings into, dude. It, it really brings in uh, the, the 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 view of how much land was lost when the ice age did kind of recede back. Like how how much the water levels tens wrote. of thousands of square miles of land was, is gone. Yeah, either like isostatic. Yeah. Rebound, like drop down below. All kinds of geological shit took place. Like, and see, and that's just it. We judging by this, like this right here already, just goes ahead and shows that human nature. We naturally we kind of flock towards the shores of of rivers and and oceans and such and such. So if you think about it, there's possibly a lot of undiscovered archaeology archaeological sites that have been buried like fuck tons like just like the first week our first week we were talking about the one that they found off the coast of australia aboriginal like whoa just who knew the there's probably as much shit underwater as there is above water archaeologically wise you know know? absolutely now thousands of sites even just on the China, oh, yeah. on the Yangtze River, just from flooding a river, sent mm-hmm. twelve hundred sites underwater. Yeah, which I've I've definitely got to say, please take us back into the news on the Three Gorges Dam momentarily. Oh yeah, that's I think I think I think we're all wanting that. <laughs> so, just to get mine clear and out of the way, um, I, I will say this: now the depth that they found these core samples at, that means that the uh, the 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 water rose some uh, 10,400 years ago. Now, you being my timeline of archaeological and cataclysmic events, 10,400 years ago, where does that put us exactly? Um, does, that, does that put us in range of said cataclysm? Yeah, I mean, that's right at like the last uh, meltwater pulse. Nice. So that's like, nice. that's meltwater pulse 1B. Because there were well, two or three melts, right but the two major ones was uh, 12,900 and then 10,500, which that's right in. You give or take 150 years on a lot of that shit, or however many wow. years, and then you pretty much do an average. But yeah, right there at the end of the Younger Dries, the second melt water pulse. See, right here. Correlating evidence right here suggesting that we that we may have lost a lot of history here. Well, Dr. Amanda Evans, she's who led the expedition with funding from NOAA's Office of Ocean Exploration and Research. Um, she's the one who kind of ran it. They, they, uh, the wood is only one of several artifacts that the expedition have found stuck in the 40 core samples that went as deep as to 30 feet into the floor. So not not only are they, you know, said 20 feet below water, but 30 feet deep into the floor. So that much sediment. Yeah, that's crazy you know? how much. See, even if you do find a site, how much shit is under the sediment in the water now? Mm-hmm. Not just the water. Mm-hmm. Like, well, see, yeah. It's insane. Just to even comprehend. Yeah. And then people just the write it off. Floor. Like, underwater archaeology is the most, like, under done scientific field there is that's kind of how because I want to get no into one that. has the balls to do it yeah I mean nobody like I mean no a lot of people are scared to, to dive and a lot of these depths have went down I mean a lot of these sites are down hundreds of feet I mean sea, level, sea levels rose 400 feet 
So <clears throat> it's at least 400 <laughs> feet below the if it's a 12,000 year old cider older. Exactly. So that's the starting depth that you have to get to. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Insane. If you want to look for anything pre younger dries, or even right around that time, because we know, I mean, the shit's out there. Even recently, sea levels have rose like around uh, like Egypt and shit. There's all kinds of stuff right there at the Nile uh, mouth go, enters into the Mediterranean. There's all kinds of shit right there. Yeah. Just because Actually, the Delta world's shifts so much. dive site is off the coast There's of so much uh, shit right Egypt. there. Like, the Nile currents coming off into the Mediterranean. And all those mm-hmm. deltas shift so much. I mean, if you look at like a, <clears throat> there's like a, you do LIDAR maps of like the deltas and you can see all the like um, extinct, like little river flows that they have now where they used to be. I mean, even the Nile yep. used to run all the way up to the uh, Sphinx and the uh, Sphinx Temple and the Valley Crazy. Temple. And it's now seven miles away. So, I mean, a lot of shit shifts even just in a short amount of time, let alone 12,000 years. That's just it. That's why I think like community, humanity really needs to take a big step back and realize that our, our within our lifetimes, the simple fact of everything that's happening, just within our lifetime, but within the, the, the past 12 generations, like, you know, I think we're primed and set for another one, another big cataclysm. <laughs> yeah, we're right on you know, the... Uh far end we younger drives about every 12,000 years there's a there's a cataclysm and we're right there at it right there at it so which it's uh, only a matter of time yeah a lot of people suggest it's solar because it's so readily timed but there's also meteor streams that are timed I can get into that <clears throat> but we'll we'll start on that because I want to get into the torrid stream and all that shit eventually but I want to have it laid out properly so we can go over it in detail right right well, then in that case, uh, to, to finish it off, um, now, the the wood that was found in this depth, they have plans to preserve it. Further examination will bring test results later. So now it's just a waiting game for these fuckers to see what's actually in there. So who knows? They could find a nail. And that will shatter everything. But until then, back to you, Scott. <laughs> yeah. That was a good, good one. <clears throat> now, I think I was talking, uh, it might have been the first episode where I was talking about, um, like, earthquake influences by solar activity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I found, I can't find a couple good little articles in a couple little pieces of data that I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> now... This just came out recently. I found it on one of my Electric Universe groups. And um, so recently they found a couple of correlations between solar activity, most more specifically proton density and um, velocity of the protons. And uh, oh, wow. they went over data that was found by the SOHO satellite and the worldwide uh, seismicity um, <clears throat> data that was... Uh, they used a 20, 20 year uh, period. They went over proton density and velocity, and then they went over all the earthquake data that was five point six or above. So I mean, hmm. they're trying to correlate major earthquakes with solar activity because there's all kinds of minor earthquakes that are constantly occurring. But when you get the right, the bigger ones, it's the they're big trying to find the correlations. Now, is there, now, did they, or do we have any confirmations? Yeah, I mean, they have, the I mean, they published a pretty extensive paper, um, I think it was 11 pages on nature, and I'll put up, I'll put up stuff on that, I'll show you the charts and stuff, but they, were, they said they found a clear correlation between proton density and earthquakes over 5.6, and so what it is, <clears throat> is you'll have a couple days with a very high proton density, and then it'll it'll drop off one day, and there's like a 24 hour delay. Basically, whenever you have a, a speed or a, a spike, and then you have a drop, and then the next day, you'll have an earthquake. And it's like, 
I think they was only off by like 10%. So they're not really predicting them, but the data shows usually whenever there is a huge spike in protons and the velocity, I think the velocity varies, but it's just proton density that will trigger massive earthquakes. And I was looking at suspicious observers. Yeah, it'll activate whatever's going on electric like uh they went over piezoelectric energy and how it affects the crust somehow and uh how it uh like all the electromagnetic energy just i don't know just has to release somehow and i guess it's in vibrations and strike slip faults and stuff nice but that was pretty cool. Well, I did see on the um, suspicious observers the other day that there, it was, um, it was a, like a day or two before that seven point that has like a a slight little spike in solar activity, and then you had that seven point That's just like I don't know. That just made that correlation, and I was like, hmm, thought it was strange. Yeah, that kind of solidifies it right there. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to deny when you look at all those charts because you can find that PDF on the Nature's website, and I'll put it up so people can find it and go through it. But those charts are pretty interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, please put the link. That is definitely something to look through. But since, since we're on that, I did also find... Um, a thing that was talking about magnetic pole drifting and um it's weird mm-hmm. since i know we've been going to like a solar minimum here the past like decade or so it started moving a lot faster so in the 1990s when they first started paying attention to this i think they started in somewhere in the mid 90s <clears throat> and they was whenever they started measuring it it was moving about nine miles per year like, so you have a difference between true north and magnetic north. True north is like that, the spinning axis, what, you know, the spin axis is the right, north. the top of the yeah, That's true north. Then you have magnetic north, which varies widely and has to be <clears throat> adjusted and calibrated in all of our navigation systems and shit every year. So that's, it's a constantly changing thing and constantly has to be monitored or you know, in 15 miles off whenever you're flying an airplane or some shit. So yeah, whenever crazy. <clears throat> so whenever they first started, it was nine miles per year and it was about a thousand miles South of true North in Canada. But hmm. <clears throat> let me find the other ones since the 1990s. However, the drift has turned more into like, 30 to 40 miles per year just recently so i mean if you i'll put up clips of this too but like it seriously they have like it it's plotted out on a map where you can see how quick and how far it's moving every year and it's really i think the last year was 29 miles or something like that and it's it's moving from canada to siberia but what is it like this big magnetic mass in the in the in the mantle that's like touching the core and it's like i think i feel like it's convection is slowing down or something the way i understood it it's like it's starting to slow down so that means it loses magnetic uh some of its magnetic energy and it'll start to like shift and it'll want to move closer to like the south pole and then when it gets weak enough it'll eventually fucking you know poles will meet and it'll fucking flip and um yeah when that happens shit hits the fan like that's whenever whenever poles flip our electromagnetic shield goes down which means you get the full blast fucking wrath of the sun beating down on earth that's where you get those plasma forms that people see in the sky and make religions about (laughs) draw cave art that's where you get shit fucking the biggest lightning bolt you've ever seen that makes fucking nuclear glass you were just talking about how 
solar activity could it correlate to like seismic activity. Yeah, Dude, yeah. think about I it. Mean, if if, that, you have if that... the cosmic field like solar goes down, oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean they. I feel like they kind of correlate that to like crust, like a crustal slip too. I think Velikovsky was really oh, big yeah. into that, where <clears throat> just kind of like <clears throat> plate slips. I mean, your man, your crust basically slips over the mantle as the mantle er, and the inner Earth like readjust and realigns. Your your outer layers just <clears throat> keep spinning how it wants to, while everything else is readjusting. Yeah, and that'll cause some crazy resurfacing of the Earth. Oh man! But if it happened now, you basically like lose a wild ride, dude. you lose your your magnetic field, which you get all the sun energy, which will cause like crazy ass EMPs, and um, it'll <laughs> it'll pretty much cause a fire in every single electrical outlet and exposed wire and on the fucking whatever side is facing the sun. Can you imagine like thousands and thousands of structure fires, no electricity. Like even your cars will be fried because they have computers they run on. I mean, it'd have to be like a primitive fucking tractor or something to get around. It'd have to be an old school. Yeah. Or a fucking muscle car. <laughs> Carburetor, son. Dude, it's going to be strictly fucking <laughs> Mad Max shit. But that All right, also now that I'm all hot flare. and heavy. Right? Now, that's the big, like, well, I hate to sound like the, that guy, but that's the fireball that goes by the earth and shuts us all down, right? Yeah, that's basically the giant EMP that'll also cause crazy uh, atmospheric phenomenon and fires and lightning bolts and all kinds of shit. Mm. Wonderful. <laughs> Seems our galaxy has bestowed upon us a wonderful galaxy of gifts. But yeah, so in the Earth's man, you you have two magnetic blobs. Basically, one's like the South Pole magnetic blob, and you got like the North magnetic blob. The South Pole is slipping a little bit, but it's not moving anywhere as much as the North magnetic pole. North Pole. Yeah. <clears throat> Santa. It's probably Santa's picking his pole up all the time, you know? He's like, oh, look at this. I'm going to move over here. where the North Pole is, so he ain't got to stay in the fucking <laughs> Arctic his whole life. Yeah, he's got to stay in the shadow. <coughs> <coughs> oh, God. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's pretty much it. On that know. note. Space shit, I guess. Okay. Well, I have something a little more interesting than wood samples. <laughs> um, in the north central, northern central part of Mongolia, archaeologists have unearthed the tomb of silver dragons. Is what they're calling. Dun, dun. It. Oh, wait, we need like okay. Asian museum. We'll find some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, if I'm going to, I'm probably going to butcher this, but I've played Dynasty Warriors. Dude, so right? Try I wish I would have paid attention, because um, they had some, like, historically accurate shit, besides the superpowers yeah. and shit. Um, it's uh, apparently the nobles of the Xiongru Empire. Uh, in the Eurasian steppes from the 3rd century B.C. to about the 1st century A.D., the Xiongru frequently waged war against China's uh, Han Dynasty, which was pretty hardcore. That was that was a pretty popular dynasty, and that one went from 206 B.C. to about 220 A.D., so about a 400-year stretch right That's there. That's longer than America, America's been around. Imagine somebody being yeah. pissed off like yeah. for 400 years. They held grudges, dude. I feel like life happened a lot slower. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Holy shit, they did. We have like a two-week attention span nowadays because of memes and fucking so much new content. But, dude, yep. they would hold on to shit for generations. 400 years of hatred. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Anyway, um, the Great Wall was actually built around the tombs. Eventually. Hmm, nice. That's pretty cool. Pretty pretty weird to think about. Like, but um, they just uh, they, it was excavated from the. Yeah, sort of. I think it was a part of China at one point, but uh, yeah. hard to say nowadays. Yeah. Well, then again, I don't know if it meant. I don't know if it actually meant the Great Wall because it's not capitalized. Right, so there's like there's like multiple part. Like multiple uh, pieces yeah, though. Great Wall. Yeah, it's more like four sections. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, they found some pretty sweet shit in there. I'm not going to lie. They found um, wooden boxes containing silver rings, jade belt hooks, and a pair of gilded silver dragons that may have once served as handles on a vessel. Um, the smaller tomb contained the remains of a man buried with a horse-drawn carriage, 15 horse heads. Okay, get that. Uh, 19 silver uh, horse ornaments, or esquitarian, um, each depicting a unicorn deity. Hmm. Unicorn uh, symbolism. Not just in the hmm. Bible. Well, see, that. now I will say this. Um, the Mongolian horse, like, that, that's a huge part of Mongolia. Like, there's a, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, because I did, I did some work for a horse farm, which had a Mongolian horse, and apparently people have tried to buy that thing, and but they're little. They're itty bitty little horses. They're little bitty things, but they're insanely strong, like mm. retardedly strong. They could ride for years, yeah, never get tired. Probably bred. I shit, mean, but... Mongolians probably fucking bred the shit out of them. Oh, dude, dude, Genghis Khan relied on his cavalry. It was saying, and yeah, that's how they right. fucking that took way. over like seventy percent of. Eurasia. Mm-hmm. I mean, they made it all the way to like mm. Moscow. Basically, it looked like on the I watched I seen this like uh, range of the Mongolian like a little map, and it was all the way over there. He actually had, if I'm not mistaken, he had a quarter of the known world. Yeah, a quarter of the known world. That's, but um, oh my god. By the way, they also now this is the big part. This was the one that caught my eye. Aside from the, um, the unicorn deity, which Wait, I want to, I want to, I want to back to that. Just, do you think it's like astrological? I feel like that might have been like one of their, like constellations or something. See, now that's that's what I'm getting at. Would it would it have been what they saw in the sky? Like would it like oh that makes a horse, but that star up there, I will just give it a horn. Yeah, like. <laughs> It could have been like Pegasus. Would it be that? I don't or know. I'm just speculating, but yeah. Or maybe there could have been some ancient breed of horse that had a horn. I mean, yeah, like a rhinoceros. Could be like maybe a predecessor to the rhinoceros. There was a. Um... Who knows? Either way, they had a purpose for it. Hmm. Oh man! Oh, there it is. Oh, but the big part, yeah. Sorry, but to get back, the 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 big one that I I really I really enjoyed. My favorite part was they found a jade decorated sword. Dude, I wonder if it was like sick ass green, now, like badass, like from Mortal Kombat jade. Oh, dude. I mean, dude. Yeah, it's trying. I mean, you got to think during this age, like jade was a huge part. So yeah, and I didn't. Uh, they didn't have any pictures. I couldn't find any pictures of it. I, I I mean I doubt they're gonna show it because Mongolia is really touchy about their shit. Um, same with, well I mean you gotta think they're right next to China, so not not much gets out of there. But regardless, I'm sure the sword was uh was more of a long sword. Um, they they didn't really use katanas. Yeah, that's a Japanese thing. But pretty fucking epic i mean you gotta think you're 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 you know you're an archaeologist this that guy's you know his dream come true he's digging in a rock yeah, and that's I mean, you know huh, far eastern the sword um shit is your thing dude and you find that and they're actually letting you excavate it hell yeah that's the shit oh yeah that's just it which now uh the cool thing is is that this uh this really Finding this tomb could could fill a lot of gaps 
in history for the for both the Mongolian and the Chinese or the northern Chinese people. So kudos to the guys discovering it. Uh, they were out of the um, Ulaanbaatar University and the Henan Provincial Institute of Cultural Heritage and Archaeology. So congratulations to you guys. Boom. That's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, so there goes that segment. But I also wanted to go over the uh, dragon noises that I, we was talking about the last show or the show before that. Uh, the crazy dragon oh, noises yeah. that was reported up in the mountains in the Gizhou uh, province or whatever. So we was talking about it, and I was predicting it was probably tectonic shit because of the rains, and they've had like record rains all over China the past. Well, since early June, really, it hasn't stopped raining at all. But <clears throat> I didn't see this, but it actually happened before our first show. Um, there actually was an earthquake right around the same area that I said, or right around where there was the dragon noises came from, where I was predicting it was probably tectonic plates. So there was a 4.5 a little bit south of where that village was. Um, it's like the she. Shui Mountain, as right, that was the village, or the mountain surrounding that village where they heard the noise. So that might have been like, I mean, it was a little, just barely south of that same place where they had a 4.5. So it's pretty, that's pretty uh, nice to know that I was kind of right about that. <laughs> I wasn't a complete retard about that shit. So that was cool. Just nice. To get into that, but. Since we're on the China thing, that is floods. The, yeah, any updates? <laughs> yeah, so it's been it's been hitting hard since like mid June, even before our first episode where we was talking about it. But <clears throat> and just in July alone, there's been 141 people dead or missing. Nearly 15 million people have been forced to evacuate just in July, and it's caused billions of dollars in economic losses. Uh, according to the Chinese government. So, I mean, all the water coming in through the Yangtze uh, main river channel is 400 rivers feeding into it. and Or four, more than 400, but 400 of those have exceeded the fucking warning levels for floods. So you got, imagine more than 400 tributaries all flooded and draining into a major river channel that's also extremely flooded yeah so it's in a major river imagine 400 fucking rivers <laughs> like they're all flooded i don't know this blows my mind but i mean this has happened a lot i mean there's multiple dates i'll put up on the thing you can read over and uh i mean the amount of people that get affected i mean there's more than 10 million of people getting affected right now by this shit I mean, how many people are in China? Right. A billion? At least 10 million. Along that whole basin. Jeez. And that's just right there. Like, it's, it's like... Oh, my gosh. China, dude. The largest river in China is now a fucking raging torrent. Fucking mini-Mazula. Mini-Mazula. Mini-minis. Damn, this fucking glitching shit. If you hear this in the podcast, it's because my fucking interface keeps glitching out. And it's pissing me off, but we're going to try to power through it because this shit is getting so annoying. Hopefully, I'll have a new interface by the next episode. I got to keep doing this shit. We will definitely have Scott a new interface before the next episode. <laughs> yeah, but... <clears throat> That's the that's the Three Gorges Dam update. 141 dead or missing and 15 million people to be evacuated. So, yeah, I mean, that's more than 10 million people. That's 15 million people evacuated. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking, how many people being evacuated. <laughs> there's probably like, 50 million people that are affected by the water alone. And, that's, and they're not done. It's still raining. Yeah, I mean... It ain't even supposed to let up anytime soon. They predicted this could go into August. 
<laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah, they flooded the wrong that one of the what one, one of those sites that they flooded. Yeah. <laughs> contains some ancient hey, shit. That fucking the movie The Mummy with Jet Li. <laughs> yeah, what dude. Th- that's a documentary. Goddamn right. But you have awoken a sleeping dragon. <laughs> yeah, so that's that for the uh, Three Gorges Dam China Floods update. But I wanted to bring it back to America because there was something pretty cool I seen. It happened back in like April or May or whatever. It happened over a couple of weeks, but in South Dakota, was it uh, Black Hawk, South Dakota, Meads County? There was like a yeah. huge. There was a neighborhood where. Like, this whole section of this neighborhood had to be evacuated because this huge sinkhole opened up uh, in the Rapid City area. And uh, it's a huge gypsum mine that's been, like, abandoned and, like, the whole town forgot about it. And now it's just getting weaker. I think what happened was there was a sinkhole and then it busted a water pipe and then it just fucking created an even bigger sinkhole. So it just, like, started oh, yeah. collapsing in this whole little section of this neighborhood. And that dude, they got, like, this cave diving group. That's, like, this local group of the from the area. They went down in there. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures or not, but they was finding old railroad cars. Um, old uh, mining tools. They even found fucking a car, like, wedged into the side of the... Like, the cave wall somehow. I don't know if it just, like, fell into a sinkhole itself or wow. what. Like, how the fuck do you get a... Dude, it's like a 1951 or some shit. Let me... Let me see. Old school car. <laughs> yeah, it was a 1951 wow. Ford Pell or whatever. Whatever the fuck that... You can look that up. I don't even know. But it's, like, in the wall of that cave, and it's hilarious. I thought that was pretty wow. funny. It was pretty strange. Like an abandoned mine. Cra- Alright, if a car managed to fall down in there and, and no one knew about this, some somebody left some some very, very important news I just wonder, out. I just wonder what was in it. <laughs> but the only way they even knew, like historically what it was, was like a newspaper publishing in 1901. Or 1901 or 1910. Uh, 1910. I was talking about a plaster plant around the gypsum mine. <laughs> but, yeah, Damn. I thought that was pretty interesting. But hmm. there was one thing I just wanted to add to, like, your Texas uh, or the core drills that were off the coast of Texas that we went over. I should have done this. Oh, yeah? should have added this on earlier. but so Technical difficulties. Yeah. Please excuse, like, the little fucking ticking noises and digital glitches i have to get a new interface but to show you how much we want to do this show we're going to continue on powering through it yes exactly so bear with us hopefully we're giving you some good content but there are a couple sites that we now know are way older than like the clovis standard model that a lot of people still follow which if you still follow Clovis, you're like in denial completely with what, with evidence. You, you just don't take, if you're a scientist and you still believe the Clovis model first, you're, you're delusional. You can't not that do I'm, that Not more. that I know everything about everything, because I am wrong about 99% of the shit that I talk about, because <laughs> I'm not a scientist, but. But there's a fuckload of evidence stating. Yeah, I mean, any layman Clovis. can read. A fucking art, a new um, scientific publishing, compared to other scientific publishings, and know that the Clovis is bullshit. Bullshit. But so, <clears throat> I wanted to get onto the Topper site because I read this in Graham Hancock's uh, America before. I got the fucking day it released. It was nice. I read through majority of it. Kind of fell off at the end. Still need to catch up on the end, but he talked a lot about the topper side. And he had like a, a chapter or two on it. Dr. Al Goodyear of the South Carolina Institute of Archaeology and Anthropology uh, directed the research at the topper site. 
the site on the the site is on the bank of the Savannah River in Allendale County, about fifteen miles from the University of South Carolina. So the program was called Search for Our Beginnings because they was looking for Clovis stuff and then for the longest time people just stopped at the Clovis site. But this dude decided to dig a little bit further to see, you know, why would we all stop at Clovis if we can still dig? And right. he he dug and he found shit that's at least 15,000 years old. But Oof. some of their dates have come back and given them 50,000-year-old dates, which is Ooh. just completely, what is that, quadruples. Yeah, that that obliterates the timeline that they thought they yeah. was active in North America. So I think it's pretty cool. And then I wanted to go to Monteverde, which is another cool ass site, and it's located. It's Monteverde, Chile. Chile, yeah, it's and Chile. It, and it was originally discovered in like 1976, about 500 miles south of a uh, San Diego. They. Uh, <clears throat> So they estimate the size of the settlement. It's like 20 to 30 people was probably in this group. So it was out there for two years. Had some people come along. And then you got Tom Delahaye, who was the head of the research team, did a lot of <clears throat> excavation there. And they finally got the carbon date, some of the stuff. And those dates came back to 14,000 to 16,000 years. Which, which, you know, nobody even got to North oh. America until 11,000 years ago. So that beats that by, what, 5,000? 5,000 years? Yeah, five, roughly 5,000. <clears> and then I think they've even came up with some older dates, but I think their most conservative dates are around 14,000 to 16,000 years, which is right around the same thing as your Texas site. And so was the topper. It was about 15,000 years old. So, we'll I mean, see, that's just it. That all correlates. Yeah. I mean, they didn't just get these numbers off the top of their heads either. This is this is carbon dating, yeah. and it's all giving us the same time period pre uh, uh, younger Dryas, right? That's pre younger Dryas. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, it's it's pre. It's right at the end of the last glacial glacial maximum. I think there was like so. I think there was something around eighteen thousand years ago that happened. That was like a small event. Right. And then uh, you had like 4,000 years on the calmness. Or whatever you would wow. call the calm or whatever we know. But, yeah. Then you have younger dryas, and then you have like Clovis people die off, like majority of the North American megafauna. Then you have the re... Yep. Pretty much the reintroduction of the new... The re re yeah, re 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 re. For all we know, could be re times re times to the re. to the to the <laughs> power. Re to the mm. Yeah, that's pretty much what well, that does I have it. got for the week. So, yeah. Anything else well, you want to add yeah. on? We've had some. Shitty ass technical difficulties. If you're still here, bless you, bless your little heart. Yeah. Wow, you did it. <laughs> you made it. Okay, you made little, it. This ain't two hour. So like we was doing last week. Last week we got this pretty good shit. I liked it. Hopefully next week we'll have some better quality. And we're kind of wanting to get into start like doing like readings. And interpretations of like ancient texts and stuff. You kind of want to start. Gilgamesh. Like, yeah. <laughs> so we want to start from like the beginning. So we want to go to like the first story, basically. So we wanted to start with Gilgamesh. Talk about his relationship with Enkidu and Utnapishtim and how they went through mm. and beat the. God, I love Samaria. Demon. And then. I've been getting into like the Sumerian creation story. I kind of listened to it the other day in an audio book. Oh, wow. I haven't dove into it yet, like much, but I, I listened to the I listened to the full story. It's pretty good, but I want to get into it and have some interpretations and 
listen to a few lectures, see what other people are saying. Because I'm no, oh, yeah. no Sumerian experts at all, but we want to learn no, from absolutely. you guys. So as we're doing this, we're also re-going through shit that we haven't really looked at with certain asp- or certain perspectives. Right, we trying gotta to, get the we gotta get the experts' take on it. Yeah, I try to want to go through and you know compare like astrological symbolism, see if we can pick that out. Uh, psychedelic symbolism, see if we can pick that out. And maybe even make a break of our own. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Try to debunk some of our own theories. All Indeed. That. Yeah. We got some couple more. Like, are those spacesuits? <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we got a right. couple They're cool not. things we're trying to work on, either weekly or monthly or whatever. So, <clears throat> anti gravity. <laughs> it should be a good adventure. <laughs> Ooh. So, anything you want oh, to add? Oh, man. I think we're going to wrap it um, up. Well, oh, a shitty, shitty job. Oh, yeah. Ancient strife. Yeah. Ancient life. I've got one for you. I like these. Coming to you from the Roman Empire, a nomenclator. This guy literally stood at the door of every major party and announced your arrival. Sir Franklin <laughs> has entered the room. <laughs> yes. And by God, Ladies and even gentlemen. if he didn't like you, mm, his whole life Damn. revolved around looking good enough to, to to announce your arrival. But now here's the thing, too. Uh, you, you know there's got to be a catch if I'm going to be bringing this guy up. He also held the wash bowl. Oh, now the wash bowl, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> In Rome, the washbowl was used to clean every orifice upon entry. So if a guy decided to douche himself right there at the front door, that's on you, guy. You got to hold that water. You're like, piss boy. <laughs> yes, piss boy. I need a spit. <laughs> oh, dude, I love those ancient jobs, dude, because they're funny as shit. Because people don't even... You don't even think about regular shit. You're always thinking about fucking kings and pharaohs and fucking priests and... Knights. Yeah. And shit. Everybody forgets about the dudes who got shitted on every time that they, you know... Every time those knights decide to cut a dude in half, yeah. There was a guy cleaning that up. (laughs) Oh, man. wonder how many people seen, like, spilled guts, you know, as, like, an average... There's fucking guts everywhere. Just a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah, just a normal thing. Like, oh, look, fuck, Jerry's dead. You sure he's dead? He sleeps like that. His guts are no, out. No, he's dead. <laughs> His guts are out, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he works like that. Oi. But, Jerry, yeah. you all right? <laughs> Jerry. Get up and take your piss in the fucking straight. God damn, put your guts back in, mate. Oh. Oh, look there, his head fell off. Uh, rub some fucking right. bird poop in it. Be fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, God. Rub some bubonic Just all over to, it. To go back to old uh, John Cleese there for my, my, my guy. Uh, bring out your dead. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> bring out your dead. I'm not dead yet. You'll be dead in a week. Shut it. Oh shit! Just getting it done before it happens. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that's the show for the week. I just wanna, if you made it this far, please like and subscribe because that just puts us deeper <laughs> in the uh, algorithm, so more people can watch and we can get better equipment. So you ain't listening to glitched out fucking yeah. Because one of these days the these will be videos. Yeah, we're gonna be giving you. Videos from from kick ass spots and and stuff. Yeah, Who knows? Doing our best to bring up the quality. So hopefully it'll work out. But you can get us. I put us on Anchor and it's helping us distribute a lot of our podcasts. So we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, 
and Breaker. And YouTube has the videos to go along with it. So if you want to see some of our uh, clips and uh, pictures and graphics to go along with it, please watch YouTube. Indeed, good sir. Alright, man. Well, everybody, take it easy. Have a good one, guys.